Joe. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO. All right, we're here till 11 o'clock tonight. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040, WHO. Iowa loses at Michigan State today, 17 7. Hawks dropped to 0 and 2 in the Big Ten, 3 and 2 overall. Up next, the Illinois Fighting Lion-Eye next week for homecoming. But we have a lot to talk about yet tonight as the Hawks lose to the Spartans as they were offensively inept. And this comes from Twitter, and it is where'd that go? Here it is from Brad. Nepotism never works. What a joke of an offensive coordinator. I guess Greg Davis wasn't too bad. You knew this was going to happen. The honeymoon's over. Yeah, uh, we saw this the day that uh, Brian Ferentz was announced as the offensive coordinator. That's the most chastised position on that uh, staff. When you look at the history of Coach Ferentz, his era, the offensive coordinator is by far the most critiqued position in that staff. Absolutely. And and more so than the defensive coordinator ever has been. Right. Much more than the head coach has been for maybe but one year. Agreed. Absolutely right, Ken O'Keefe took a beating, Greg Davis took a beating, and Brian Ferentz is going to take a beating. So if you're scoring at home, that means the last two comments we've heard from listeners are the offense sucks and the defense sucks. Tim wanted to know why. For he, He says, I've been a Hawkeye fan my entire life. And we've had crappy pass defense that entire time. Why is that? It's by design in a weird way, Tim. And I know this is going to be a a tough sell, but hear me out for just 30 seconds here. The idea behind it is the most difficult thing in football to do is complete passes. And you want the other team to do that, or you're going to challenge them to do that over and over and over again. You're not going to give up any deep balls. You're always going to have a couple of safeties deep, and you're always going to try to stop the run, and you're going to force them into making that pass over and over and over again. Most teams can't do it, and that's why the Hawkeyes end up with winning records and end up shutting down teams uh, a lot of times. That's why you get these fantastic defensive performances. But some teams are able to do it. Michigan State, very early on, uh, we were sitting here watching the game, and right away I said to Travis, uh-oh, this is trouble. Lewerke was 4 for 4 for 48 yards in that first touchdown drive. Now, that's, that's, by, that's how you beat this Hawkeye defense. So I know that's really hard when the corners are sitting 7 yards off the receivers on 3rd on and 4. It's really difficult to watch that. It's, it's by design. I'm, gonna, I'm still working on getting our buddy Derek Pagel in studio with us. He'd be a great one to explain this. He was a safety in Kirk Ferentz's system uh, and went on and played in the NFL. He can pl- explain why it is they do that. Empty backfield. Lewerke lobs to the corner of the end zone. Caught touchdown by Felton Davis again. Oh, they are just schooling Michael Ojemudia. They're really going after him. Felton Davis was a beast today, mm-hmm. just a, a hell of a player, and he had nine receptions, 114 yards, two Man. touchdown receptions. 284-1040, that's the number to call. We have a couple lines open. We'd love to hear from you tonight. It's going to be uh, three hours of Hawk Talk. Let's go to Lucas in Des Moines. You're on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hey, I just had a few things to say. First of all, I'd, I'd like to be the first to probably call in and defend Brian Barron. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Oh, no. Lucas, are you there? Uh, I'm there. I'm there. Okay, good. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I thought I lost there. No, no we're I'd here. Like to, I'd like to defend him. 
I think that uh, the play calling has actually has not been that bad. I think he's done a good job of mixing in the pass to run. I was always going to be a running a running program. That's just what they do. I just think the exec- the execution just wasn't there today. I mean, Stanley, we saw him make one deep throw to Easley. That was a great throw. But then the next play, he throw a two yard pass to somebody's legs. I just think they're going through a lot of growing pains with a young football team. But I, I think Brian Ferentz has done a fine job this year. Aside from the safety last week against Penn State. I had to go there. 100%, Lucas. I, I love that uh, qualifier that you threw in at the end, and I couldn't agree more with you. Travis and I have had this conversation throughout the day also. We've seen a lot of stuff about Brian Ferentz. Travis just read that tweet. I think he's done a pretty good job. I can't fault Brian Ferentz for the playmakers not making the plays. And again today, Nate Stanley overthrows a couple of passes. He underthrows a guy on big third down when he, when he had a, a, um, a receiver open in the flat. I agree with Lucas. I'm not going to fault Brian Ferentz. You had the fake field goal. He mixed things up quite a bit. Tried Akram Wadley several times. Didn't give up on him despite the fact that he was having tough sledding. So I'm with Lucas. I will defend Brian Ferentz in his play call. And I've seen enough football over the last 30 years of my life, Lucas, to, to, to tend to agree with you. And Ross hit the big thing. You know, when, when Iowa went undefeated a couple years ago, nobody was complaining about Greg Davis. Why? Because guys were making plays. Mm-hmm. And if guys don't make plays, it's hard to get yourself into a rhythm. We talked. You heard us say it earlier: getting into a rhythm, finding some kind of of just momentum. When you can't create that, and your playmakers don't make plays, it kind of hamstrings you a little bit. Yeah. So I I don't think it's I, I think the criticisms that Ken O'Keefe got, that Greg Davis got, and Brian Ferris going to get are a little unfair because. You still need guys to execute. People forget that you have to execute when it comes to, to making plays. Now, there are sometimes you, in situations you go, I don't quite get that. But overall, I'm not going to fault the play calling. I will say this. You're right. I was always going to be a run-first team. But then you got to have more than 25 attempts, and you got to have more than 19 yards. Yeah. Lucas, thanks for the phone call. And that brings us to another tweet. You can always tweet us at SoundOffWHO. Is there a chance that Nate Stanley audibles too much? I hope the coaches don't lose faith in him. In, uh, you know, what do you think? Uh, I don't think he audibles too much. I think he's had a tough time audibling into the right plays. Either that or, like today, they pointed out on the broadcast, on the television broadcast, it looked like the linebackers – anticipated what he was audibling into, which, I mean, that's that's part of the chess game there, right? So uh, I, I would say that's probably more of the issue, not how much he's audibling, but what he's audibling into. Because we had, and, and somebody did pose the question, that I think it was our buddy Bill Blank on Twitter, the comedian, who said, I, I can't remember Nate Stanley audibling into the right play ever. He did a couple times against Iowa State, and he did a couple of times against Penn State. Tonight, he, today, he struggled in that department. I don't know how Iowa's audible system is set up, and let me be specific about this. A lot of quarterbacks, if you're very experienced or in the National Football League, can have a, I can audible to anything I want. I, I, I don't think Nate Stanley has that green light. I think when he sees a defensive set they've gone over, he maybe has one or two plays he can check down to. So I wouldn't, I mean, people, so don't be surprised if that audible is already set and decided by, right, right. by the offensive coaching staff. I, I mean, when you That's hear audible, it's, it's not like we're playing in the backyard, all right? You can't go, hey, Ross, you do a 10 yard curl. Sean, you go deep on a fly. That doesn't happen. 
you, you've watched so much game film over the course of the week that you say, hey, when they come up in this defensive set, if you see it, you're going to check down to this. Yeah. It's not always Nate Stanley. That's what's been predetermined during the week during film session. You wouldn't want to waste my speed on a curl route anyway. <laughs> uh, 284-1040. That's the number to call. Let's go. You know, usually he's the first of the show. Now, Something happened. Now he's like, I don't know, 15th in the second segment. Tom and in North Liberty. I don't I hear you. I, no, that's 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 incorrect because there's a such thing called the iHeartRadio app that you can listen to us right when we go on the air. Hey, all right, you got me. Okay, right. I know I do. Next time, I'm on, next time I'm on the road, when I go to Northwestern, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be better, okay? All right. Here's I, what I want to tell you. Go ahead, Tom. I agree with you. You cannot beat up Brian Ferris because our punt returner doesn't figure out that when the ball's coming down at six, he should let it go. I mean, good Lord. Josh Jackson needs to learn that he can let that go, and maybe it'll go in the end zone and start at the 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, a couple of times today, Tom. He had uh, he he made a few rough decisions. He was saved once by that penalty, uh, the punt with the the final punt that Michigan State turned it over to the Hawkeyes with a minute to go. He was saved on that one. Yeah, that that was terrible. Hey, I got one other quick thing to say. Go ahead. That's kind of an announcement for our listeners tonight. Next time Iowa has a home night game, I have it on good authority from Topper and Moose. There are no bed bugs in Williamsburg. Thanks for the phone call, Tom. That was a little weird. It's it's only eight fifteen, and it's getting weird. Don't quite get it. And our next phone call is coming from Missouri. Missouri is it okay? Oh, is it Missouri or is it Missouri? It's Missouri. It's not Missouri. I, okay, I think not it depends on where you're at in Missouri. Missouri. No, it does. No, Jared, is it Missouri or Missouri? There's an I at the end, so it's Missouri. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about, Jared. Yeah, I know. I, I, there's people down here that say it's Missouri, too. And you've but, called up on a rotary phone today. <laughs> yeah. No. What's up, Jared? Well, my biggest concern is family still cannot make that long-distance connection for the middle range. So, anybody... Any defensive coordinator is going to load the box because Stanley has still not got the touch on long-range passes or middle. Jared? He had had three passes today that he overthrew by 10 yards. Uh, yeah, Jared, it's a, it's an issue, man. He launched a couple balls. It seems like he's missing those long passes by about that same five to seven yard range uh, every time. And I, I guess my take on it is, if they haven't figured out what's going on with him, if they haven't figured out how to dial that back in, take it out of the playbook. It, it's it seems like a waste to just keep chucking it up there at this point. His his completion percentage. Over 25 yards can't be very good. I mean, Travis, how many have we had? Three or four on the season? Yeah, not. I'd like to get. I wish I had that stat on the tip of my fingertips. Yeah. I don't have it. I don't either. But, but uh, we'll, we'll, well, maybe we should look at that one up. Uh, Sean, start efforting that. 
We'll see how that goes. He was on the phone. Two eight four News Radio ten forty WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by every muscle in that left leg, and oh boy, this is not a good punt. Returnable from the forty-three yard line, and off to the races. Returning inside the thirty is Lares Nelson, thirty-six yard punt. Iowa couldn't run the football today. Iowa couldn't punt the football today. Iowa loses football game. 17-7, the final score. Dropping to 0-2 in the Big Ten. 3-2 overall in the season. Uh, disappointing loss for the Hawkeyes. Run game non-existent. No rhythm. And uh, Ross just... It just It's been a weird... Especially coming off to the emotion of last week where people were okay losing. It hurt to lose, but they're like, okay, we just took Penn State to the wire. Uh, I felt that same way. I didn't feel good about losing. It was and, a heartbreaking yeah, I don't believe loss. in moral victories, but you're like, okay, they can line up and play against uh, anybody. That's absolutely how we felt Sunday uh, up in Canada because I was with a bunch of Hawkeye friends up there. So we absolutely walked away from that Penn State game saying, you know, it sucks that you lost that heartbreaker, but, man, this team is really good. You've mentioned rhythm twice now, Travis. It You're going to hear me say it for the next two and a half hours. It wasn't just at the stadium. wasn't just with the Hawkeyes. We felt it in this room. We felt it. Gary and Ed were off their game today in a big way, it felt like. Uh, it, today was a funky day. I don't know how to describe it. It just seemed like weird energy and weird mojo all day everywhere with this Hawkeye team. Olay on Twitter says, you know, I think... The last two weeks of is the offense we expected to see to start the year. Young guys making mistakes. Mm, that's very good, Olay. I, I think that's right. If you would have seen this against Wyoming and Iowa State, we would have said, ah, this is what we expected. Everybody knew we were going to have to run the ball and they could put a bunch of pressure on Nate Stanley. We were spoiled there early on. Nate Stanley looked fantastic, I thought. Take away that first quarter and a half of Wyoming. Those first two games, he looked really good. It's... Uh, it, and I'm not putting blame on Nate Stanley right now, but he's got to be a little bit more of a playmaker than he was today. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go back to the phones. Been waiting on a, on hold for about a half hour. Chris in Des Moines. Welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Hey, thanks very much, gentlemen. Lifelong Hawkeye fan, big fan of the show. Love to call in. I usually always call in and comment on the offense. Maybe familiar with my voice by now. Not as familiar as Tommy's, but uh, you know, uh, anyway, nobody. Not, none of us are, Chris. None of us. No, no, no. And, you know, lifelong Hawk fan, don't try to bicker too much. I just love the show that you guys have it. The thing that kind of confuses me today, I didn't get to watch the game without the golf tournament, but got to listen to Ed and, you know, uh, Gary on there. And, and, of course, the one thing that strikes me is this. Eddie always says our offense needs to find its identity. Well, I feel like that's exactly it, right? I'm a little bit confused. I don't understand why with the two running backs we have, why we come up with the kind of yardage we come up with at the end of the day today. So I'm just going to hang up, and I'm going to let you guys comment on that. I know it's a tough question, but I mean, I, I don't get it. So, I mean, I mean, is it our line? Is it is it we're calling the wrong plays at the wrong time? I mean, I mean, what is? It? Very good questions, Chris. That, I think that's probably the question. Is it offensive line play? Is it the you're going to find a lot of people that are going to blame all of those things that you mentioned. Offensive line play is something that Travis and I mentioned. Play calling is something that a few different listeners have tried to mention. Playmakers is another part of this. When you say... I, mean, I feel like we have the playmakers. 
we have a good line. We have a father-son combination in terms of play calling that should be on the same page, which maybe we've been missing for a few years. And I don't. I feel like we're really close, but I feel like yet we're so far. It, it, it was a very interesting day-to-day to be a Hawkeye, in my opinion, just listening to us struggle with running the ball. I mean... Well, I think we have to, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case, and Chris, thanks for the phone call. Are the first three games a false narrative of what we thought the identity was? Yes, they are. Because the offensive line is not good enough to be this one-dimensional. And that's the dangers of a, of a non-conference weak schedule. Absolutely right, Travis. You can build some false confidence in that. And let's speak, I mean... I want to slow down on that. Yeah, it's I mean, not I'm not saying they're horrible. State, yeah, we, I'm just we, saying I don't know if we know what the identity is. That's yet. fair. That's fair. And when he says, when when Chris says we have got two great running backs, let's not forget Butler's not available right now. So that's why we haven't seen him. He's still hurt. Torin Young, uh, a listener earlier, wanted to know about him. Jerry mentioned his name. That's a good question. Torin Young looked real impressive. Ivory Kelly Martin is going to be a playmaker, I think, down the road. Right now, he's not able to do that against a really good defense. And I think that's the other thing to throw into the soup here continuously, Travis. This Michigan State defense is real good. They're not Penn State good. They're real good. I, I, I really think Penn State, or I mean, Michigan State and I are about the same team. Yeah, agreed. You know, yep. I, I you, you come back to Iowa I think City Lewerke next week. Is probably a little bit better, you know, a little bit more of a playmaker than yeah. you have with Nate Stanley. But I think seventeen ten. You look at the history of these two teams together. Um, you, you just and, and and the games they play, Iowa and Michigan State are about the same. That's the way I look at it. I think that's fair, Travis. Absolutely. Two eight four ten forty. That's the number to call. You can also reach out to us on. Twitter at SoundOff WHO. Troy in Urbandale, stay there. John in Indiana, stay there. John always has an entertaining take and and look at the game. Passionate, informed. How did he get the? Who's this? I'm just trying to figure out who got the hotline. The Jethro's Barbecue SoundOff might have a newsmaker coming up next on News Radio 1040 WHO. Fox News Radio, I'm Joe Chiro. About a third of telecommunications and half the water service have been restored in Puerto Rico, but returning power to the island is expected to take much longer. Another problem is standing water. It's filthy, and people are using it for their basic needs. Because of that, hospitals are already seeing an influx of people with gastrointestinal problems. They anticipate more. That standing water breeds mosquitoes, and the mosquitoes spread all kinds of horrible things. Health officials are worried about the potential of dengue fever. Thanks. Mike Tobin. President Trump on Twitter today saying it's important NFL players stand tomorrow and always for the national anthem. At least 10 teams are expected to stand together, some even locking arms during the anthem. Three NFL teams decided not to come out of the locker room at all for the anthem last week. The Steelers, Seattle Seahawks, and Tennessee Titans. Fox's Brian Yenis. Fox News. We report. You decide. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsor- Quiet Riot. Nice selection there, Sean. I remember this was a top 40 hit. Aging myself a little bit. You're old. I am very old. 
think this guy's about your age. I've met Troy from Urbandale. I think he's a, he's about your age. You think so, so? Maybe I should slow down on saying old. I'm just such a young 39, Troy. Yeah, but you That's grew up on the problem. east side. You look old. Oh, thanks for that. That's all that rough living <laughs> I've done. Well, I'd rather hear quiet riots than the music I was envisioning with the Missouri caller. Stop. If nothing, we're going to be nice neighbors, You're okay? You're well, did, did you guys have a soundtrack going through your mind? I'm just, just good. Um, Deliverance might have popped up. Um, hey, it's great to have you back, Ross. Great to have Sean there as well. And Travis, always a pleasure. Thanks for bringing the sound off. Wanted to follow up on a couple of your points. I think uh, what what Ross was saying, the Hawks missed Butler. I think they were counting on him for 15 touches and more of a LaShawn Daniels role. And someone I was watching the game with said, Wadley's in the first half, Wadley's kind of dancing through the hole. You got you to gotta hit the hole uh, quicker. And I think he did that in the second half. I think they improved the run game. But, I, you know, you don't want Wadley to have 30 touches, and he's just a different type of back. I think they were looking for Butler to be uh, sort of a power back. So I think that was a good take there, Ross. And then Travis's point that these two teams are mirror images of each other, and it's always hard to go to Michigan State and win. And and this, especially when you lose the field goal, field excuse me, field position with the punt game, and hopefully we, you know, we've since Pat Summerall, we know that you when you stand on the ten yard line and you take a fair catch, anything inside that you're supposed to let it go. So I don't, I think they'll get that cleaned up as well. And uh, you know, an unfortunate turnover going into score was a big thing. So yeah. you lose the turnover battle. At Michigan State, it's always tough. Troy, I think that old cliche of keep your heels on the 10 and don't step back to catch it, I think that's out the window. Uh, With how often and how good punters are at uh, dropping the ball inside the 10 and then having it downed and how how fast these cover guys are getting down, I've noticed this across college football, that fair catching the ball inside the 10-yard line doesn't seem to be the no-no that it was just a few years ago. So just something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying that we won't see uh, Josh Jackson try to live by that rule the rest of the time. Um, I would hope they certainly talk to him about catching the ball a yard deep in the end zone and trying to bring it out. Well, and they had a short field to punt on, too. Maybe that was the problem. Right. They were pooching it a lot in there. Um, These teams are very similar. Going to Michigan State has always been a challenge, uh, and especially when you turn the ball over and lose the field position battle. Defense played well, though, I thought. Yeah, Yeah, defense did play good again. I mean, you take away that first drive where uh, Lewerke is just able to find every receiver he's looking for. He goes four for four. He's able to hit, what was the big guy's name? Travis, I'm already, uh, I'm trying to block it out already, Davis. Charles uh, Rogers? Uh, yeah, yeah, Charles Rogers, exactly. <laughs> they've, had, <laughs> they've had a bunch of them there. Felton Davis. Felton nine Davis the third. Yeah, yeah, I'm already trying to block it out. Uh, that When you're picking them apart like that, that's what that defense, that's the hole that defense is designed to show you. So, you know, had, tip tip the cap to Lewerke for doing it. Hope the Hawks get healthy against Illinois. There's some, hopefully some better games ahead. Yeah, you've got Illinois and the bye week coming up. And I'm not trying to look past Illinois, but... I, I think, am. I'm going I out of town. Hawks, I think the Hawks are going to be able to beat a team that just lost to Nebraska 28-6. to six. Thanks, Troy. And, and I think they're going to be able to run. Zigbo had over 108 yards for, or 100 yards for Nebraska yesterday. Okay. Uh, and Nebraska hasn't been running the football 
that much. And, and you know, Nebraska was leading the Big Ten in pass attempts, settled down, went to a running game yesterday, and that made the biggest difference. They ran it right down Illinois' throat. You know, Iowa's now lost three in a row to Michigan State. Uh, of course, lost today, 17-7. to uh, Lost in the Big Ten Championship game, 16-13. Uh, lost in 2013, 26-14. Won in 2012, 19-16. I mean, it just shows you how close these games are. Yeah. And, and I was just going through it. It's hard to even find a blowout. Um, and most of it is, is when Iowa blows them out. I mean, it, they're just traditionally very close games. All right, sit back and relax, because this guy's going to take up about five minutes of, of sound-off time, but it's always good takes. It's always good it stuff. Is. Yep, John's ed- educated and passionate. I, I, think, I think John is in Vegas tonight. I am reporting live from the strip uh, for a Vegas wedding where Elvis himself officiated for my friends. It's John from Indiana in Las Vegas. John, why do I picture you, one of the guys from Ocean's 12? You're leaning over the Bellagio right now watching the fountains and you're just going to walk away with like $10 million in cash. Already did it last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> Uh, two interesting facts that I'm not sure if you guys talked about. Uh, these are the the 19 rushing yards today is the fewest that the Hawkeyes have had in a single game since 2005 when they had minus nine against Ohio State. Iowa now 0 and 2 in the Big Ten for the first time since 2008. Uh, you you have to know where your bread's buttered, and uh, let me tell you something that I've noticed over the last three games. Uh, whether it was Iowa State and the game-tying touchdown by Akram Wadley out of a single-back three-wide receiver shotgun set where they put him in motion, and then he did a a little uh, uh, short cross across the the infield, uh, like within the first five yards. Then whether it was uh, against Penn State uh, last week with with the score that put us ahead, um, the way that you get your playmaker the ball is you're going to have to either run the ball out of a shotgun, three wide receiver set, and spread teams out until Nathan Stanley can prove that he can hit the deep ball and that he can be consistent on short throws, which comes down to execution on the wide receivers. Once again, another game where we drop the ball uh, several times. And the two playmakers that I think uh, Ross Peterson's uh, partner in crime, Chris Williams, said kept him up at night before the Cyclone game were Noah Fant and Akron Wadley. You have to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. We're not getting it into our playmaker's hands. And I would say if Brian Ferentz is supposed to be this innovative OC, he's going to have to find interesting ways to create mismatches going forward because you obviously have... A, I think two new tackles on the offensive line, yes. um, and these get, the the inexperience is showing. The potential is there, but the inexperience is showing, and the inconsistency is also showing. So, uh, am I jumping the ship? No. We remember how 2008 uh, turned the uh, turned around, and Iowa made an Outback Bowl, but uh, trips to Indy. Uh, Slim and none, and Slim's revving up the car right now. I, and I wouldn't, you know, I, there's still a chance. I, after what Wisconsin did today, uh, which was come back and beat Northwestern home, almost gave it away late. 
But I, I think when you look at the West right now, Minnesota got beat uh, for the first time. Nebraska's uh, has Wisconsin coming up, has Ohio State coming up, has a tough road to come. I, th- I think Wisconsin right now is the team to beat in the West Division. Completely. And that's right. low-hanging let, fruit. Let, let me make one last point, and then if you can put me on the other side, and I'll hear your guys' responses to everything that I said. Um, one last point that you just alluded to that I wanted to say was uh, – the Hawkeyes' defense is going to keep them in every ball game. If you only give up 21 points to the defending Big Ten champion uh, who put up 28 in the first quarter against a, a, an Indiana team that is supposed to be a 6-6 six and six ball club, um, uh, and they're one of the top five teams in the country, your defense is going to keep you in a ball game. It comes down to the execution on the offensive side of the football. We said it earlier. And, I, and, and the thing is, you have playmakers there, but I'm seeing – play calling that is inconsistent uh, because why are if you have eight, nine men in the box, then why do we keep running it uh, first down, second down, and then we try a pass that doesn't work, and then we have two or three three and outs, and we're down on a 14 nothing hole. That was the same thing that happened uh, uh, in frustrating seasons in the past. You're going to have to create mismatches on your own. I, you guys tell me, where would you create those mismatches? Would you run it out of a out of a three-wide receiver shotgun set with a single man in the backfield with Akram, because I think that that's the only way that until you create an offensive identity that causes teams to respect the pass that opens up run lanes in a zone-blocking scheme, you're going to have to become more inventive on offense and to move forward throughout the season. John, I think you hit the other name on the head there. When you talk about mismatch and you talk about opportunity and playmaker, no offense, the guy that jumps off that offensive depth chart. He's a nightmare. So that's the guy that you've got to utilize a little bit more. That's the guy that you've got to find those mis- in those mismatches. Great phone call again, John. Most amazing part to me, he's able to keep his concentration with everything that was happening. Yeah, I know. Him. I you mean, hear the ladies around him. I, I was here. I was trying to focus more on what the ladies were saying in the background. Sean was like, oh, he, Sean was dreaming that he was in Las Vegas. He was wishing he was. He in was throwing Las beads Vegas. at the window, That's John, right. to give you an idea what Travis or, or what Sean thought was going on there. John, whatever you do, don't take the little cards on on the strip and call the number after dark okay just don't do it okay you, uh, that trouble. was impressive it i mean because that we, you said I, the ocean's 11 so you you planted the image in our head yes that john's sitting there with the nice suit not wearing the tie because yeah. he's a cool dude. he's the brad pitt he's dude. got yeah right he's got the top uh, two buttons undone yeah chest hair popping out he's leaning over the counter at the bellagio or over the rail and then all of this craziness is happening behind him but he's just cool he's calm focused cool, collected Talking Hawkeyes dropped it, dropped. And you know what he got to do today besides go to an Elvis wedding? He got to watch the Hawks in a sports book. How cool would that be? That would be the best. Nineteen yards, the fewest since two thousand five, and the first time you're zero and two in the Big Ten since two thousand eight. Great call as always, John. Appreciate it. Two eight four ten forty. That's never. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by... Come on for a 42-yard field goal attempt. He's two for two outside of 40 yards on the air. Three of four. Oh, look at They're going to fake it. Well, now they show fake, but are they going to snap it? Rastetter throws a pass. Caught! It's Colton Rastetter caught inside the 10. Inside the 10-yard line by A.J. Epinesa. Gary blew that call. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He blew the fake field goal call. I don't think he believed him. 
I, well, they show fake, but are they gonna are they gonna <laughs> hike it? You know, Ed's all excited. They're gonna fake it. They're gonna fake it. Well, they show fake, but are they gonna hike it? Oh my God! Rasheder threw the football. He threw it to AJ Epinesa. Let's talk to Frank. <laughs> Frank, thanks for calling Jethro's Sound Off on WHO. How are you, sir? Son, how is everybody down there? Doing all right. Great. What do you want to share with us tonight, Frank? Frosted? I'm doing well, He's Frank. Such a pal to me, you know. Yeah. Sir, you know, comes out and talks to me, shakes my hand. He is a real, the real deal. Well, I appreciate that, Frank. That, yeah, remember, I remember, remember meeting you at the fairgrounds. You bet. Yeah, we were yeah. going to call. We're going to, you know, if I could get in free, I would. Do colors for the Ohio State game November first. Can you get in? We could do the Ohio State game at at uh, the stadium. You said do colors like me and you take over Gary and Ed's job. Yeah, but you'd have to let me in free because oh. you know I won't actually buy tickets. To yeah. yeah, I don't have that kind of pull, Frank. I thought okay, you were saying guess, get in free to I the guess, fairgrounds. I guess I... we'll have to do it over the radio then. Sure, sure. What did you think of today's game, Frank? Well, just think of this: thirteen and all. This season is 13-0 minus a defensive play, an offensive play, and kicking the ever-loving crap out of Ohio State November 4th. This, this season is the perfect season because we get to play Ohio State at home. You know, that's the whole season. Thanks for the phone call, Frank. Oh, I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, Frank. Go ahead. You know what I said about the first three games? They got their act together, and they kicked Penn State's butt. They were no, they did not on the way back. They did not, and they played Michigan State. Um, sure, Michigan State held us, but I heard the, the at one point right at the end of the game, Michigan State only had seventy-three yards. I'm saying Michigan State isn't that good, and Penn State will probably not win it. Ohio State, if we kick their butt, Michigan might win. But you didn't kick Penn State's butt. Then we go. You lost to Penn State. No, we we play Michigan for all the marbles if we beat Ohio State. Man, I wish I could have some of what you're drinking or smoking tonight because it's football. You're the coach. What game do you want? It's like Michigan. What game do you want? You want Michigan if they're coming here. You don't want. I'll play Texas. That doesn't do you any good. Good to hear from you, Frank. Long time, buddy. What? Well, okay. What? The no. Fa- the fair's over. You know. Fair's over. Fair's in August. Yeah. November four. See you, buddy. I'm speechless. I'm rarely speechless when it comes to doing radio. Frank's left me speechless for many years, man. Well, you. I mean, you're his good buddy. I, I, I've met Frank. I've. I, I recognize Frank's what, voice. What, I, I talk to Frank a lot. My what was Frank trying that. to say? I, dude, welcome to conversations with Frank. Tommy's more coherent than Frank. He has his moments. Frank's. He right? started off he strong. Gets, yeah, yeah. He called in a couple weeks ago and he was really good. But you can't say that you kicked the crap out of Penn State when it's not accurate. Yeah, it's just... First of all, you lost to Penn State and you gave up almost 600 yards of total offense to yeah. Penn State. Now, you did a good job of keeping Penn State out of the end zone and keeping the game close, but you didn't kick the crap out of Penn State. You didn't kick the crap out of Michigan State either. 
Now, Michigan State didn't do anything great offensively. Only had 300 yards. Had 68 total plays. Now, listen. How many guys ran the ball for them? How many? They had, what, seven guys that got carries today? And ran a couple, a few of those were receivers. Of course, the quarterback, Lewerke, got out multiple times. He led the team in rushing with 42 yards. I mean, they really, they, they threw everything at that defense. You didn't beat the crap out of Penn State. No. Come on. Frank. No. Not at all. You know, anyway. I, you know, you look at what the defense wasn't able to do today. And, you know, it's not like it's not like Michigan State ran all over the place. No. But something to watch as the season goes forward. You had McSorley last week. You had the Michigan State quarterback this week. Lewerke. Crouch next week with Illinois. Yeah. It's about containing that quarterback. And Nathan Budget had talked about that after the game today. Containing the quarterback, that's our uh that's we're having a problem with that and uh we need more from guys and it starts with me up front and uh, it starts in practice. You know, quarterback containment is, is huge, especially if you're gonna start seeing some mobile guys. You're not gonna see it out of Wisconsin, you're not gonna see it really out of a Nebraska. Travis, you know what a mobile quarterback can do to this defense? Disrupt its rhythm. Yes. This this defense starts to settle in. Uh, we, we tried to explain to Tom earlier about the the overall game plan. The reason that you're keeping those safeties back, the reason that you're trying to make them make those difficult pass plays is because it's hard to do that over and over and over again. Uh, a mobile quarterback can disrupt the rhythm of that defense. And that's exactly what uh, McSorley did last week. It's what... Lewerke was able to do today. They don't have to kill you with their feet. And Lewerke dis- wasn't anything spectacular. No, no, they don't have to kill you. They just have to disrupt that rhythm on defense. And he did a very good job of that today. Which, you know, and that, and that happens to certain types of defenses. And, yeah. and I wouldn't say Iowa's a type of athletic defense that can fly all over the place and beat you with speed. Josie Jewell can. Travis, those defenses that give you that space. Yeah. That, that space that you have to make the play within. When you're rushing four guys and you've got five guys to block those four, and then the work he has linebackers dropping back into coverage, that's going to create space. That's what McSorley and the worky were able to utilize. 284-1040, that's the number to call. If you want to be on the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off, it's your show, so keep on calling. We want to hear from you. Iowa loses 17-7 to Michigan State. We're here till 11 o'clock. He's Ross Peterson. I'm Travis Justice on News Radio 1040 WHO. We're AM on your smartphone. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. News Radio 1040 WHO Des Moines. A Twitter war over disaster aid to Puerto Rico. I'm Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Federal aid is starting to flow into the hurricane-ravaged island of Puerto Rico, just as a war of words between President Trump and San Juan's mayor ramps up. The governor jumping into the fray. Governor Rosseo said now is not the time for petty differences. Now is the time to save lives. Fox's Mike Tobin in Puerto Rico. Earlier today, President Trump slammed the mayor for poor leadership after she accused him of not moving fast enough as people died. Mayor Carmen Yulan Cruz responded without mentioning Trump by name, tweeting that the goal is one, saving lives. This is the time to show our true colors. We cannot be distracted by anything else. 
The president continuing his tweets praising a host of other officials and some 10,000 federal workers now on the island that he says is that are doing a, quote, fantastic job. Secretary of State Tillerson says the U.S. has several direct channels it's using to talk with North Korea. Still, he says the regime shows no signs of being willing to negotiate. Tillerson's in China preparing for discussions on trade and North Korea and President Trump's visit in November. In Spain... Protesters rally against a referendum on independence for the region of Catalonia. Instead, calling for unity, those in favor of the referendum occupy more than 150 schools trying to keep them open for tomorrow's vote, which Spain says is illegal. Tens of thousands of people are expected to attempt to vote. If you watched television in the 1960s, you know his name. And now, here's America's top trader, TV's big dealer, Monty Hall. The original host of Let's Make a Deal, Monty Hall, died today. He was 96. Fox News, fair and balanced.